0: Let's catch up with the CEO of the Cranbourne Turf Cup, Neil Bainbridge, who joins us now here on the Country Cup circuit. Neil, welcome to the Country Cup circuit, and it looks like it's a perfect day there at Cranbourne.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us, Gareth. Um, Absolutely perfect day, not a breath of wind, uh, beautiful weather conditions, and uh, very unlike a normal Cranbourne Cup. (laughs) In recent years, we haven't been blessed with the weather, but uh, perfect day, and uh, unfortunately no crowds, but... uh, Still a fantastic day's racing, I'm
0: sure. We've had a chat about this from the top of the show with Maddie Stewart and Maggie Payne-Neil, but you must be so proud as the CEO of the Cranbourne Turf Club with how how far that club's developed. And not only it enables you to have a facility that attracts the best trainers in the land preparing their horses for our biggest races, but it also attracts the trainers that will set their horses to win a yay cup, to win a a and
1: cup. Oh, look, absolutely, Gareth. Like, the Cranbourne Training Complex, which, uh, which opened in August 1990 is just a phenomenal complex. And the great thing about it is, you know, it's got 142 licensed trainers here at the moment. You know, uh, obviously you've got the big teams like Bussetons and Youngs and Kent's and Griffiths' and Urell's, et cetera. But it's also home to many trainers that, uh, use it sort of a, as a hobby. You know, they might only have two or three, but they love the sport. They love their racing. Um, and it's great that they can sort of come to Cranbourne. You know, Cranbourne, whilst it's, Pretty well metropolitan Melbourne now, but it's still on the outskirts. So there's some wonderful rural properties that people still reside on, and for them to be able to come to the Cranbourne Training Complex and train at one of arguably you know the best training facility in Australia uh, is terrific. And they're great characters and great supporters of racing, not only at Cranbourne but across country racing.
2: I guess there's a bit to think about with the next phase, Neil, because uh, it's I think it's already the biggest training centre in Australia with. I don't know, upwards of 800 horses or something like that, but with Mick Price and a few of the other uh, Caulfield trainers who will be absorbed into the, the Cranbourne uh, uh, population in, in coming, uh, coming years and months and so on, it, it's going to be an interesting balancing act between uh, facilitating those trainers but uh, but keeping a reasonable limit on uh, on the horse population as well. What's the, the planning for that over the next two or three years?
1: Yeah, look, it is... Um You know, a bit of a challenge, but I suppose, Matt, there's been a fairly detailed master plan produced uh, by the club with Racing Victoria's input now for a number of years at the Cranbourne Training Complex. Um, You know, by way of example, um, in August this year, we just opened a new poly track, so that's a fantastic facility. Uh, In March next year, we'll open a new uh, fourth grass training track at Cranbourne, so that's recently been completed. It just needs to consolidate. Uh, It'll be the smallest of our grass training tracks at Cranbourne, but it'll still be 1700 metres in circumference. Uh, by 20 feet, 25 metres wide. And I suppose just to put that into perspective, um, the Cranbourne Turf Club race course that we're holding the Turf Cranbourne Cup on today is 1690 in circumference. So the smallest grass track over there will actually be bigger than our course proper. Uh, and recently we added, um, you know, we added another grass track which has been in operation now for about 12 months being our northern uh, training grass. So continued investment, uh, continued planning now has happened for a number of years. Um, in about two weeks' time, we'll start construction on our first lot of 220 additional boxes at Cranbourne to accommodate you know, not only Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr., but a number of those Caulfield trainers. Um, and we've certainly got plenty of interest uh, for people that are very keen to come to Cranbourne and apply their trade.
2: And Neil, you, you mentioned tracks and the track. Uh, we've only seen the one race, of course, from Cranbourne today, but it's played uh, pretty well, and you must be pretty pr- impressed with your team. That uh, heavy eight racing on Friday night, you could have been a little bit worried if the the rain was to come, and it's been presented as a good four today. So a lot of work must have went in.
1: Yeah, true, Maggie. Look, they do an outstanding job. Uh, our staff, and you know, we probably got a little bit frustrated during the week. You know, we're on a good four on Wednesday afternoon, and, and all of a sudden, we probably got a little bit more rain than we thought. We had 35 mil in the next 48 hours and, you know, at six o'clock on that Friday morning, um, you know, it was every bit of heavy eight. Um, but I think what happens when, you know, you can work with the weather forecast so far out, um, is the guy's done another, a lot of preparatory work, making sure that the water would get through the profile of the track. And I think the other thing that helped us, to be fair, is a lot of people might have glanced over it, but the track actually hasn't raced for about four weeks prior to, uh, these two days. So we're certainly not going over old ground or anything like that. So, Look, it's come up fantastic. Um, it looks a treat today. Um, should give every horse a, a wonderful opportunity. And, you know, I've got to say these, not only a fantastic Tad Cranbourne Cup field today, but, you know, the whole card's very good. And, a uh, big thanks to Country Racing Victoria with the support of Racing Victoria. Minimum stake money on the Tad Cranbourne Cup carnival card today is up to 50,000. So it's an increase of 2% on the previous year. Um, so wonderful prize money. And, uh, look, just thrilled with the, with the Cranbourne Cup field. Um, You know, it's certainly probably as good as we've had for a number of years. Uh, But also, you know, the Tad Cranbourne Cup actually for the previous three editions has rated above Group 3 status uh, for the last three years. And uh, all being well, you'd think it would do again today.
0: We might bring Dean Lester in here as well. And Dino, what about the development at Cranbourne? You've got a lot of close friends that train there and um, you're a local boy. Has it blown you, you away with the development of this training facility and how far this club has gone?
3: Well, I went to the uh, planning meetings in 1986 when it was first uh, divulged that it was going to happen, yeah. and uh, what I saw, what they were going to, where the training track was, was just a big sand pit. It was a big, just vast expanse of sand, and uh, you just couldn't imagine what they did, and I was there for the very first horse uh, to walk onto the track. It was uh, two of Ellen Williams' that worked on the track the first morning, and uh at that stage there was a sand track and a wood fiber track. It wasn't even a grass track and it just keeps developing and developing and uh Niels has been such a proactive member of our of our racing community and, and what he's done in his time has just been phenomenal. Um you know for for the trainers and for the racing community.
2: We're going to have a chat to Mick Kent a bit later on about his history there as well. And Dean, something, and Neil and guys, something that I had no idea about with Cranbourne until a few weeks ago, because we worked down there on Sundays. Uh, We've got our permits. It's all safe. The The Shantee like meandering track through the forest, I had no idea that this existed at Cranbourne. I thought it was all the circular training tracks. But, Neil, to you, uh, that meandering track that goes right through the scrub near the uh, near the botanical gardens is uh, it's an inc- incredible asset it gives an extra tool to the trainers to keep horses minds fresh and and so on it's fairly deep sand as well so it sort of mimics a bit of the stuff that they might be doing down at Warnable. that how long's that been there that part of the track?
1: Well Matt, you're right it, it, it's a wonderful sort of asset for our trainers um, you know it's 2.2 kilometres uh, for the full trip um, you know, we we put an uphill uh, sand track at the end of it, so we've got a 200 metre gallop up a sand dune, if you like. The um, end is around some you know lovely waterways and dams down there. You know, it's been a wonderful switch off. You know, uh, it's probably 250 horses plus that use it every morning. Uh, deep heavy sand. Um, it's a great way to mix up their work. Um, look, it's been there for a number of years, but it's something that we've continued to invest in in recent time, and probably through the uh now the advice of Mick Kent, which uh, is always forthcoming, I've got to say. Um, he's not didn't...
2: afraid to deliver advice, <laughs> is he, Neil?
1: No, no, uh, he's very keen. He's, uh, I think I'm on auto dial with him. Um, <laughs> but, someone said uh, to
2: me once that he, he loads the gun and gets someone else to pull the trigger. So, <laughs> I don't know what, what, what that done,
1: means. But, uh, no, he was uh, he was barking on one we day about um, you know uh, the sand dunes down at Waterpool, So I said, oh, I can't build you a beach, but I'll build you sand dunes. <laughs> And uh, he scoffed at me, but uh, it seemed to come to fruition where we built this lovely uphill uh, at the end of our sort of meandering uh, sand trails out the back there, and, and it's just a wonderful you know asset, and it's another way for horses to switch off. It's another piece of work, and you know it really is a bit of a jewel in the crown for Cranbourne, and uh, yeah, always pleased for Mick's input. And um, as you know, Maddie's established himself very well now uh, with his stable complex on course.
2: Yep.
3: track is uh, known as Mount Bainbridge and uh, he's uh, he's <laughs> got to take all the credit for that. It's named after Merrill Bainbridge though isn't it dude? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's <laughs> a great, great singer of the one who won the
0: mouth. The second race not far away Neil just quickly before we let you go I need a tip and who's your favourite I can't say this but I'm going to ask it anyway who's your favourite character there at Cranbourne? Uh,
1: what, the- what's it tough? It's a tough one. Look, so many great people. Look, I might have a bit of a left-field one, strangely enough. Yeah. I've got a horse at the moment with um, Francis Finnegan. Okay. And, uh, Francis is a bit of a different cat, and I've uh, got a little alpha bill okay. with him who goes quite well, and uh, Francis is also good for an opinion every now and again, but oh, I think every morning you go down there, there's certainly great characters, and uh, and everyone has an opinion. That's the great thing about it. When you've got 142 of them, um, you're never short of ideas.
2: The characters of Cranbourne. Dean, you got a little impromptu shortlist of the characters of
1: Cranbourne?
2: Uh, well, I'm a little bit more
3: out of the loop and since I stopped clocking the horses about 10 years ago, Matty, but uh, one that's worked at, uh, at he's working on the track now, or he was, and uh, before that a jockey was Spatch Wyatt, and uh, Spatch has got uh, probably all the stories covered. Uh, he was a very good jockey, but uh, we had a lot more fun off the track than on the track. And Orange as well. I thought one of the great characters was Orange Culliver as well. Yes, well, he's, uh, he's now uh, retired up at uh, Churra Beach and uh, enjoying walking his dog every day up the beach. He's got more money than all of us put together.
0: Hey, Neil, thanks for coming on, mate. Well done with your club. I guess just quickly, you want to thank some sponsors because we need sponsors during this, this particular time and it looks like they continue to support your club with the prize money and what we're seeing today at Cranbourne.
1: Oh, absolutely, Gareth, and uh, obviously our major partner, Tabcall, has been an outstanding supporter. And, you know, uh, to be fair to your listeners, I won't go through all 10, but I would like to highlight, um, you know, Leon Key from Procon Developments. This is the 10th year that his company has partnered the Apache Cat Classic. And, and lastly, um, I think you did touch on it earlier in your show, but, uh, you know, just want to send by sort of thanks and appreciation to Robin Daly. Uh, 40 plus years he's been attending the Cranbourne Cup, 36 years on our committee, life member, 15 years as chairman, you know, been a great driver of everything that you've seen around here at Cranbourne and uh, full credit to him for the contribution that, that he's made to our club.
0: Yeah, well said. Thanks for that